You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. Timberlake to Pride, kicks it out for Latimer. Good look at a three, and he drops it in. Miles Latimer hit a big shot late, finished with six as Syracuse won by a point. There's Latimer with a big three and a big answer for Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I've got an amazing episode in store for you guys. As you know, if you've listened to this show before, I love to talk with athletes from multiple backgrounds, and today I am diving back into college basketball for the first time in you know quite a while, so I'm excited to get back into that. Uh, joining me on the show today is a player who's made his mark in Smithfield this past season. Uh, he's also a fellow podcaster. He actually just started the uh, Collective Mindset podcast. Uh, I was lucky enough to be a guest on the first episode, so uh, I'm really excited to have him on today. He has got a great story. Uh, we'll talk about his journey and some you know, future goals for the Bulldogs coming up this season. Um, hailing from Fairfax, Virginia, please welcome to the show, Miles Latimer. Miles, welcome aboard. I'm glad to have you. Man, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you. Absolutely, man. So, uh, you know, I mentioned you have your own podcast now, the Collective Mindset Podcast. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about like what your goals are for that podcast. Like kind of, you know, tell me a little bit about it. Uh, honestly, um, at me being an athlete. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been around athletes. Mm -hmm. Like, like I've always been closest with, with my teammates and stuff. Sure. And my teammates have always had like some of the like most interesting things to say, like most interesting, like outlooks and perspectives on life. But for some reason, like a lot of a lot of them don't feel very comfortable about like speaking up like about it in like yeah. in like a group setting. So I feel like someone like me that comes from multiple backgrounds can kind of give those people like a way easier way to like kind of talk about those things. Absolutely. So I'm, like on my podcast, I just I just like I want to have things just be a be a conversation. Like I don't want it to be like too formal. Um, like I'll have obviously a couple of talking points and stuff like ready to go, but I don't have anything like set, like set questions I want to ask and all that. I want to just have a conversation and whatever comes to my mind during that time comes to my mind. I want it to be really like genuine and like authentic. Yeah, for sure. I know that um, you actually appeared on a podcast in a, as a part of a class that Bryant does with professor Mike Monacavo. Mm -hmm. So uh, was your interest kind of just sparked from there? Like, like, you know, did you have this interest beforehand or was it like this class that made you say, you know what? I need to start. A, I need to start a show. So I had no. So I did it in here in Koffler. Yeah. I had I had no idea that Koffler had all of the equipment and stuff available. Because mm -hmm. like for me, I was like, yeah, like it'd be fun to do, but yeah. like it's gonna take so much. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like because I didn't like I was just like gonna record our audio on something like I'm like yeah. It would have taken me a couple like after hearing it back to be like, all right, I need I need to get a real mic and like all uh, real software and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, after seeing it in here, I was like, man, like everything that I could possibly need is already in here and yeah like um and then so that's when i talked to mg like because he because he and i were talking about doing the uh doing the podcast together and um and so i texted him oh, God. my ears <laughs> issue uh, um i texted him i said yo i just did a podcast in coffler like they have everything that we need mm -hmm. um so like just ask um ask if they have like open and available times and stuff and then, so that's that's when we got into contact with you and then that was when we had you in the room. And then so, yeah. Yeah, we had a good talk. Um, Have you put out the first episode yet? Or is it, uh, are you guys still working on editing it? I I think MG's finished ed editing it, but we're okay. going to shoot the next one first. And then, and then, 
and then release the first one. So then like we kind of get on like a schedule. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you had, um, you know, talked about potentially getting some future guests for the show. You want to headline any of that? Uh, I was, I was trying to get uh, Antoine mm-hmm. Walker on, um, but he couldn't do the day that uh, we said. So then sure. um, for next week, I'm still, I'm still debating about who I want to put on, but um, I really, I'm, I'm really trying to get Tuan because he's kind of similar to me to where he, he transferred three, three times, but mm-hmm. his journey is a lot different than mine, but, but we come from a similar place. So yeah. it was just like, it would be interesting to get his perspective on his college um, experience, like compared to mine. Yeah. So let's, uh, you mentioned your journey. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, take me back. I mean, you're, you know, you're playing division one basketball. Now you've transferred to now your third school, um, before all of this, before the success, before everything that you've had, take me back. Where did this love for the game of basketball first start? Mm, there's a story my mom told me. Okay. Um, she tells me a, a whole bunch. I was a toddler still. Like, I yeah. could barely stand. <laughs> um, um, my dad played in just, like, some, like, rec league game with, like, a whole bunch of um, mm-hmm. people his own age. Sure. Um, and they, they, they had just taken me. And my mom says that, like, ever, like, when I was a toddler, I was, like, I was standing up the whole time, just, like, going, my head was going back and forth, just watching, like, the ball the whole time. So, like, she was saying how I just, like, looked like I loved basketball from, like, the jump. Mm-hmm. And there's so many baby, like, baby pictures of me with, like, a basketball in my hands and stuff like that. So I always remember like always just having a basketball. And then like when I got to around like age four, age five was when I started to like really like start to shoot. Like mm-hmm. um, I had like those mini hoops. Oh yeah. Like that. I used to shoot on that like constantly every day. I was always dribbling. And then, so my parents were like, all right, let's, let's, let's have you play against um like some kids. And then yeah. um, they found out that I was actually pretty good like when I was five. So I started playing against um, like older kids. Like I was playing against like eight, seven year olds when I was like five. Wow. Um, I always played against older people, like old, like older kids up until I was like probably 13 ish. I always played with older kids. And then that was when I finally played my own age group for the first time, like starting in middle school. Yeah. How do you um, think that kind of helped your development as uh, you know, kind of as an athlete, like, you know, playing against yeah. other competition, you know? Yeah. Um, honestly, it, it wasn't too different, like, because that was before any of us really went through puberty. Okay. Like when I was like 10, 11, 12, like, it, like if you're good, you're good kind mm-hmm. of. Um, so then once like around 12, 13 years old comes in, I, I hadn't gone through puberty. Like I was like a late bloomer. So sure. like, you could tell that like I was just smaller than everybody. But but that one year of me being smaller than everyone else, like actually really did help because um the point guard we had on our on like my AAU team at the time, he left for another team. So then it forced me to be like the ball handler. So then mm-hmm. um I started playing against older kids, but having to bring the ball up the court and like give good passes and like run like run an offense. Yeah. So it prepared me well for like my next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so then rest of middle school, I played my own age group and then I started really cooking. <laughs> uh, and then um, once I got to, once I got to high school, um, I went to Paul the sixth Catholic. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'd always gone to public school mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd always played against kids that were all in public school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually one, one kid that I played against a lot in middle school is uh Jordan Miller. Um, okay. The uh Oh wow from the, Alabama. The, from uh from Oh wait, uh, no, I'm thinking of the wrong kid. Uh Brandon I was, that's what I was thinking of. Uh from Miami. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. He he had like I was thinking of Brandon Miller from yeah. Alabama for a second. For, no, sorry. Right. I, I was like I, I was like, yo. 
<laughs> no, uh, Jordan Miller. That's very. That's still great, though. Yeah, he um, he went to Miami uh, the, this past year, and he had like a really good season. And yeah. like, when they went to the Final Four, he was like a main person on that team. Mm-hmm. He's been someone I've, I was playing against in like our same little like public school league in our county. Yeah. Um, but then went to went to Catholic school for high school because uh, uh, PVI is a really good basketball program. Sure. And then so. Um, it was kind of a it was kind of a shock because again I was a late bloomer. So my first day of college, I was I mean my first day of high school, I was probably six foot, one hundred twenty seven pounds. <laughs> like I was, a, I was you were just a stick. I was as thin as this right here. <laughs> like oh my god. So, like I I remember I couldn't I don't even think I could bench ninety five pounds my wow. first day of high school. I was just like how small I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing against a whole bunch of bigger people. You're kind of just um, kind of like shell shocked a little bit. You're kind of like afraid to just mess up. Yeah. Um, but so I played JV for like a majority of the year, but the but the varsity head coach like brought me there to play on like to play with him eventually. So like, yeah, I, I was practicing with varsity like throughout the season. Okay. Um, towards the end of the season, I I, I uh, played with varsity. Nice. Um, yeah. So then, I mean, like you know, once you got once you got to high school, I mean, you said you know you know you said you were like you know, kind of like, you know, 130 pounds soaking wet. Um, who kind of helped you like in it maybe influenced you, you know, through your high school years and really kind of, you know, got you to the point you're at, you're at now, like, you know, putting on weight, you know, improving your game. Who were some of those individuals that kind of really influenced your, honestly, it was every, every coach that I've had, um, every coach that I've had is like, kind of like brought different challenges mm-hmm. out of me and like made me do different things. Um, because in, during that time in high school, my high school team was really, was always really good. Yeah. Um, like the conference that we played in, um, the, uh, the, uh, WCAC, mm-hmm. there was always like the, the top four teams were always in the top 25, like wow. in, 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 in the country. So like, Jesus. so us, us, DeMatha, Gonzaga, and like St. John's were always like four teams that were in the top 25 or like we were always played in like ranked like tournaments and stuff. Um, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, yeah. that, like just that, just that level of competition has just got to be like insane. Yeah. I like, mean, like, like having to go up against that every, every I mean, it, it definitely probably helped improve your game. Cause you, you know, you have to like, it's at that point, you're just like trying to survive out there. No, I mean, and it's, you have to, but it also forces you to only get better yeah. because everyone's so good around you. It forces you to like push yourself every day, but then also because you see those guys pushing themselves yeah, as well. Yeah, not only them pushing themselves, but then days that were like on on my high school team, I had I played with three McDonald's All Americans. Wow, and there were two five stars at like one time on my team. So like playing against them every day in practice only gives you more confidence because like these are the guys that like are nationally recognized, and I'm competing with them. So it's like. Like, how good can I be? Yeah. So it's it's definitely, it's like, it, it's crazy to think about it going back. When I was going through it, I didn't really think about it at all just because I I knew I wanted to play basketball at the highest level. So I was kind of just like, this is just the steps I need to take to get to where I need to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you you talk about like, I mean, you had great experiences and, uh, you know, being able to play against those like, you know, tremendously talented players. But I wonder for you, when was it that you realized, hey, you know, I'm pretty good at this basketball thing. I might be able to, you know, take my talents to the next level, like not just like play here in here in high school and like be really good, but actually be an impact player at the division one level. When did you kind of have that, you know, epiphany? 
it was never really an epiphany. Like I just, yeah, not, yeah, not I, an epiphany, I just, but but when no, it, like yeah. I always believed it. Like yeah, I I never the, there was never a doubt in my head that I was that I was gonna play that like I was not gonna play college basketball. Yeah, like there was literally no doubt in my head. Um, even like when I was like freshman year, I'm seeing like all these people get offers and stuff. I'm like, it's fine. Like I'm gonna come. Yeah, yeah, like my time's gonna come. Like, and like I remember. I I remember my sophomore year, my dad started to get stressed about like offers and stuff because he he had seen all all these all these other kids that I'm playing with like get offers from all these big time schools or just schools in general, and like I and I and I told him I said, hey, all I need is one. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, like all I need is one, and he was like, you're right. And um, by the end of my junior year, I think I had like over fifteen. Offers, wow. yeah. So it's just like, I, I, I. It's really just belief, honestly. Like, if you really believe that mm-hmm. you're gonna do something, and you like, and you don't have like a backup plan, I mean, like, you have to go all in into like option A. Mm-hmm. And like for me, that was just kind of just what it was. So like when I started getting college offers, like it was just like, and it it didn't surprise me at all. It was just like it was just the next step. Mm-hmm. Um. Where I honestly had my biggest epiphany in terms of how good I was in basketball is like recently, yeah, like the last couple of years. Okay. Um. So I know, yeah, go oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what really kind of set it off was uh, over COVID, mm-hmm. um, because there 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 wasn't much access to gyms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was getting invited to uh like private workouts to uh, work out with pros and stuff. Wow. And um. One pro that I was playing with a lot was um um uh Admiral Schofield. Okay. Went to Tennessee um with uh with a uh, Grant Williams that's on okay. the Celtics. Wow. So it was like him and Grant Williams were like the two best players on on, yeah. on on that team. Uh he played with the Wizards for a little bit. Um he was he, he was put onto their G League team and um uh he's just like a big body guard sure and um i was playing against him and i was competing and yeah and like i was playing really well and and he was telling me um like i i tried to get to my spot for like a for like a little left-handed pull up mm-hmm. and he was saying he was saying how like when you get to your spot like i'm like i'm not gonna block it like if you just if, if you shoot it at your own pace like i'm not gonna block it and like that's how you're gonna be way more efficient he's like you don't need to speed up your game at all and I'm like, Admiral Schofield's like one of the like best defenders that was in college basketball like yeah. the last two years. And he's out here guarding league people and he's telling me that I don't need to like rush my game at all and like I can get to my spots. When all you've been told is like, hey, the game speeds up. The yeah, game speeds the game up. speeds up, the game speeds up and all of this. And like I had never I hadn't played against that many NBA players, just like especially people that were already pros. Yeah, I've always played against high school players back in high school. And now they're pros and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So now, now really playing against pros and they're telling me this stuff. I'm like, damn, like I really can hoop. Yeah, I can really, <laughs> I can really, I can really do this. Yeah. No, so that, that's that's awesome. I mean, you got your first offer then, and then you were able to go to Stony Brook. I know that you ended up transferring out and going to Bucknell. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, eventually you did find your way to Bryant. Um, you know, you want to do, do you want to kind of talk about like, you know, what why uh, you decided to, you know, depart from those schools? Yeah. So from Stony Brook, uh, the coach that recruited me my freshman year. Yeah. Um, he left after like he left at the end of my freshman year. Sure. So then um, 
my the so the the head assistant became the head coach for okay. my sophomore year. Yeah. So I was thinking like and similar like like similar staff like there's gonna be like three people that stayed on staff and then mm-hmm. there's just a couple new people added. Yeah. So I'm like and then and then all of our team stayed like we only had we had one senior and then we had one junior that transferred. Okay. And so that that was another thing we were really young too. Yeah. We were one of like six Division One teams that didn't have a senior. Wow. My sophomore year at Stony Brook, all of us were juniors, seniors, and freshmen. Jeez. So we were really young, and I just had a really good freshman year. Like I averaged like ten point seven points a game. Yeah, my freshman year, and then so in I'm the, thinking, in the America East, yeah. really good conference. Like you're competing there, mm-hmm. and yeah, like just tell me, like what were some like lessons in you know maybe like you know just just, just tell me how that experience from high school to college kind of changed. Like what was uh, the biggest change that you had to adjust to? You know, they talk about the speed, which apparently like you're fine with, but what was the biggest challenge that you probably had to face in that time? I. Just, it sounds crazy. Sure. It sounds crazy, but because my high school is so competitive. It just felt like you were it, already playing it, D1. It literally felt like I was just already been doing it. Like, I, I I remember after the first, like, real practice, the coach that, like, so the the assistant coach that, yeah. that recruited me from Stony Brook, he texted my parents, like, <laughs> they, like you better think. Uh, Glenn Farello, which was my high school coach. Yeah. You, you, you better thank Glenn Farello for everything he's done for Miles because, <laughs> like, he already knows all the all like all the defensive slides for man to man and zone. Wow. Like, he already know he can like he can run an offense. He like knows plays and all this stuff. Just because, like, when once you get to this level of basketball, like mm-hmm. that's literally all it is. It's yeah. just like you just being being coachable, like knowing how to like move in like throughout the game and stuff. So. Honestly, when I got to Stony Brook, I I just had so much confidence in myself that I was just I was like, this is just what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the main reason why I chose Stony Brook was because I I wanted to go to a lower level. Yeah, like so I committed early. Um, but if I if I didn't commit to Stony Brook early, I I definitely would have gotten like high major offers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But so like why I went to Stony Brook was because I knew that I was going to have the ability to just go in and score and just like play my game. Yeah. And, and so like that's just like all I believed in myself. Um, so then um, also having a coach that like believed in me. And yeah. So being a freshman at the time, too. You're not just going to be a number on the like, you know, a number on the stat sheet like you were going to matter and like you were going to, you know, yes. and know immediately you're going to be an impact player on that. team. Yeah. And like even like even throughout the whole summer, there was no question in my mind that I was going to start that like that I that I was one of the best people on the team. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I don't even know what it was. Like I just I was like, this is just what I'm here to do. Sure. And then um had a great freshman year. But then my sophomore year, once uh once the assistant coach became the uh became the head coach, uh he started putting me in like different positions and um I just didn't have the ball in my hands as much. Mm-hmm. So then um everything that I had kind of been working on for the last like two years or so didn't really, it would not that it didn't matter. It was like, I just, well, that's not what I was using on like an everyday basis. So I, I had left PVI being kind of like a role player, like being yeah. kind of like a three and D like I would guard the other team's best player and like, yeah. and like kind of focus on just shooting threes to for spacing. Yeah. But then when I got to Stony Brook for my freshman year, like plays were being run for me, I could score, like I could just attack, I could score. Um, 
and you and you felt like you were really being utilized. Yeah, and they also gave me a really big leash. Like I can remember so many games I had like a horrible first half, but they still let me in. They still let me play, and I'd still ended up with like sixteen points just because the second half I'd play well. Yeah, just because I had a super long leash. Uh, but sophomore year, um, just different like different situations in terms of playing. Um, so then. Uh, my minutes are just getting like messed with because I started being like less, like less productive and, and, and less efficient because I was just playing. I was just playing a game that I just, I don't know. I didn't feel super comfortable with. Didn't feel like your style. Yeah. Just like perfect example. My sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, very first game we played against Yale, uh, which was a, which was a tournament team the year before they brought everyone back. Like they were a really good team. And um like I had a bad, like I didn't shoot well that game. Like I shot four for fourteen from the field, mm-hmm. um, but I still ended up with sixteen with, points. Yeah, with like with like sixteen points. I said like five was like five rebounds, like four assists, something like that. Like I still had like a really solid stat line, even though I didn't like shoot that well. So I'm like, oh, I'm chilling for the rest of the season. Yeah, it says and, right. It says right here actually on the website. It said that he had a sixteen against them in that game. So yeah, and then the very next game we played Seton Hall. Um, and I only got three shots wow. the whole game. Wow. And so it was, that, that was just kind of like the story of my season. It was just like, just up and downs at that point. Cause now that you're not like one of the, like you like guys as you fully utilized. Yeah. You're kind of now just floating. So then previously I had kind of like had coaches like set up play, like, like call plays out that I know. So then like, I know like what, what to go in. Uh, I I like know where to attack from and and score from because I've because we've gone through this play a whole bunch of times. But then now, going back to my like role playing role, I kind of didn't have that same mentality. So it was just like it was a it was a transition for me to learn. And then that's kind of just been the same thing that's been going on like last couple of years, just in basketball. Sure. Um, yeah. Just because I've always been a I I've always been a. Uh, I've I've always been a team player. Like the, I, mm-hmm. I I literally make myself cringe by <laughs> by like taking bad shots sometimes. Like yeah. like if I know that I that I missed someone that was that was open and I took like a tough shot and missed it, I like get like angry at myself. Yeah, because like I just feel so selfish. It's it, it's like it's like you feel like you like you had a better opportunity and you just like took it exactly. So now. And, and then, so now take that mindset and put it into someone that doesn't have the ball in their hands a lot. Mm-hmm. You're kind of going to be like, Oh yeah. Like you're going to be super hesitant. It'll to, mess like, with your head. Yeah. Like it, 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 it'll mess with your head. And that's kind of like what was really going on for me this past season. Um, I kind of just never really felt as if I had like a defined role and like, I didn't have like a one, like one particular thing that like I, they, I really could do every day. I could do every game. So the one thing I did was just play really hard. Just yeah. like just like fly around on defense, like try and just create as many deflections, try and try and get as many steals, try and get like offensive rebounds. Like do all the like all trying to find an identity yeah. with your game for the yeah. team. Just doing just doing all the hard work and stuff like that. Okay. So so yeah, I mean, uh, before I t- talk about, you know, how um your time at Bucknell and then uh coming to Bryant, you mentioned though um, you know, playing at a lower level and I saw this clip the other day. It's, you know, it's from football, but it was Cam Newton speaking. I think it was at, uh, I think Auburn's like pro day or something like that. He was talking in front of a group of kids and he ended up saying, he ended up saying something along the lines of like, Hey, they'll find you. If you, if you want to play at, at, if you know, you want to make it like you play it, you go to a school where they want you. And like, you know, 
you know, like, you know, those, those pro teams, they will find you because like, you know, they'll see you putting up numbers versus if you're just going to, yeah, I think he said like, oh, you're going to Tennessee, Alabama, some of the football powerhouses in the country. And you don't, and you don't touch the field until your senior year. And yet, and yeah, you have, you had two catches on senior day. Like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you were just, you know, chilling out there. Like you being able to, you know, have that experience from the jump is, you know, incredible for you. So take me through, you know, you know, once you got to Bucknell, obviously, um, once the coaches left, you felt your role at Stony Brook kind of diminish. Um, you know, take me through Bucknell, and then, um, you know, inevitably, what, um, you know, what had you, you know, come to Bryant? Yeah. So, um, right as I entered the transfer portal, um, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, once COVID happened, uh, I can't visit any schools or anything yeah. like that. Uh, and you had yeah. and you had previously visited or at least um, talked with Bucknell, correct? Yeah. So so Bucknell, Bucknell was it was so coming out of high school, it was either I was going to go to Bucknell or I was going to go to Stony Brook. Yeah. So I decided to go to Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so then leaving, Bucknell was one of the first schools that called me. They're like, "Hey, I saw that we, uh, I saw that you're that you're in the transfer portal," and for them, uh, they had two people leaving, uh, Jimmy and Khalil. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the first two transfers that they they had had in like like eight years or something. Wow! So it was like, yeah, like this is like it's kind of like it's not that it's not it's like a weird opportunity for us to like to to get someone that that we've been that that we were trying to get in high school that we can get them again now in the transfer portal. And I mean, like right when that happened with you, I mean that's kind of when the whole transfer portal thing blew up around sports. Yeah. And- you know, essentially just became a, you know, collegiate free agency. No, honestly. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like you guys kind of being able to, you know, essentially control your own destiny, go where you want to go, Um, you know, take, yeah, just, you know, I'll continue. Yeah. So because during that year, during that next year was when they changed the rule to where you could play at a school immediately and not have to sit out for a year, mm-hmm. Um, which was, but then they, they, they allowed everybody's years to come back for, for the, for, for that COVID year. Yeah. Which was uh, which is which is really good because I got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I left Bucknell was just because it it just wasn't a right fit for me. Yeah. Um, and I was just in a horrible headspace mm-hmm. coming from the year before. I hadn't had a good year basketball wise, but instead of like actually really dealing with it, I kind of just like just like swept it under rug i was just like what well, it's it and, was a bad year yeah and that was something that you actually had mentioned on your podcast was uh you know kind of the mental health and everything that happened at bucknell um you want to kind of talk about that and you know you know um you know how you kind of dealt with that yeah so I, I had really bad mental health issues when i was at bucknell sure i was just i had never had like mental health issues really i'd never really i'd never been depressed before like i'd 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 had like, I don't know, like I, I guess, sadness, like yeah, like because like, like, everyone does have those. It, yeah, it's part of the human condition. Everyone's going to, you know, feel like that kind of sadness at the end of the day. Like you know, people are going to get down again about certain things. But there is a difference that I think people need to know between just like oh, being really sad about something and you know, depression. Yeah, no, there is a huge difference between just being sad and like being depressed. Like the way I describe it, it's like either two ways. It's like, just imagine like walking in a void, like there's just nothing around you. But when, whenever you do get a glimpse of something and you try and walk towards it, it just like fades away in front of you. 
So it's like you kind of you just feel as if you're just going nowhere. You're like you're doing all this work to get somewhere, but you just end up in the same place you are. And um, the other way I would describe it is like it makes everything just so difficult. Like, yeah. Like it makes like getting out of bed seem like Mount Everest. Yeah. Like 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 that's the best way I can just describe it. Is it like to to somebody else on the outside? It's just why don't you just just put in a little bit of effort, yeah, to just to just but do it, it. But it's not but, like that when you're when, when head, you're stuck you're like, in that loop. It's like it's not it's not as easy as it's it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, and for someone that's never been through that before, I just I didn't really know how to cope with it or handle with it at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the first couple of months, I was just like. Yeah. And also, I was super hard headed. I was sure I did, I wanted to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. What did get? I mean, you know, I, you you did mention on the show that like you know your that mental health it in depression. It's not something that just goes away. It's something that you have to kind of work with and try to you know deal with. But you know, you seem like you're in a better spot now than you were then. How were you able to kind of you know work with that and you know get and you know kind of persevere through a lot of it? One one big help is just like the environment that you're in. Sure. And here, like outside of my outside of my team, I I love like a whole bunch of these people on this campus. Like yeah. I love like the fact that this campus is so small. I got to meet every I, I got to meet a lot of people really fast. So mm-hmm. just walking, like just going through your day and just like seeing familiar faces and like seeing people that are actually like you know hey. someone you, you and if you're walking somewhere, you're gonna run you're gonna run to someone you know. Yeah. So it's just like hey, <laughs> like actually like getting to like talk to people like like and have that sense of community. Yes. Like so you don't feel alone. Because that's the biggest thing, like, when, when you're depressed. It's like you also don't want to put that burden on anybody else to yeah. like really talk about it. So then you just kind of just suffer in silence even more. Sure. So, so, I mean, once you got, I mean, you know, like, the community thing, I didn't really even realize until I truly did come to Bryant. But, um, you know, take me through the process of, you know, when did you, uh, when did Bryant kind of first express interest in you? Like, um, you know, tell me about like when Grosso and those guys reached out. Yeah. So like, and then kind of what, yeah, I'll let you t- tell me about that first. Well, so the start of it was, um, was Bucknell still. So sure. leaving Bucknell, um, I was put on academic probation from mm-hmm. Bucknell because of like all of my mental health and stuff. Yeah. I just, I couldn't even do my homework. Yeah. I, I, I literally, yeah, that's the reason why I, I failed out was because I just didn't do my homework. Mm-hmm. Like any, 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 any assignment that I did do or like tests and stuff, I did fine. It was just that there was just so many projects and stuff I just didn't do. I just would, I would just wait until the last minute and then I would look and then be like, oh my God, I have to do this much and just be like, oh, no. Yeah. Nothing. And then so, uh, I had to leave in order to actually play because if I would have stayed at Bucknell, because I, I didn't get kicked out. I was just put on academic probation. So I just, I couldn't, I couldn't play for that next year. I I wouldn't have been able to play until the second semester of this season that just happened. Okay. So I would have had to sat out all of the year before Jeez. at Bucknell and then, st- and then sat out all of out of conference until the second until the second semester started so i was just like yeah at at that point yeah you kind of i can't like i just can't stay um so then i entered the transfer portal 
Um, but because I was academic, but because I was put on academic probation, I wasn't eligible for a scholarship for at least one semester. Okay. So I was, I was trying to talk to whole, like all these different schools to see if I could like take, take, uh, take like community college classes at home for the first semester and then come for the second semester and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I just couldn't find a, I just couldn't find a home like during the summer. I, I never found a place that I like actually felt like a good, comfortable, good fit. Yeah. Good fit with. Um, until, um, coach Cole called me in like September of 2021. Okay. Uh, he's at, he just called me and said, Hey, I, I still see you're, you're in the transfer portal. Like, are you at a school or anything? I was just I'm like, I'm at the crib chilling right now. I'm not doing anything right now. You, so, you, you said to me at that point, you didn't know if you were going to play basketball again. Yeah. I know you for, there's like a two week period um one of the schools that was in contact with me st francis brooklyn um i, I kind of knew that wasn't going to work out yeah and then i didn't get any calls any i didn't get any calls for real or any anything like that for the next couple of weeks um and it was literally just out of the blue yeah um cat just called um so it was it was crazy because i really wasn't expecting it like yeah. i was like at that time, I was training kids and I was going to community college. I was still trying to figure out like what I was going to do with my life. Yeah, if I was going to continue through basketball, if I wanted to do something else. And then, um, Cat called me and then had me come up on a visit. Uh, I think beginning of September. And then, after that visit, I kind of knew I was like, if I'm going to go anywhere, like this is the place that I'm going to go because. Mm-hmm. I got a I, I I got a similar vibe from Gross as I did my high school coach. Okay. Um they kind of like have similar ways. They're both Italian. So, <laughs> so they're both pretty crazy. But, Yo, yeah. <laughs> Come, it comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, I know. So uh but uh so then for the rest uh so two years ago, the first semester I stayed at home, took took my community college classes just to mm-hmm. get my GPA up and to get some more credits. And then I transferred here for the second semester of the year that we won the uh, NEC tournament. Yeah. So, so, I mean, take me through that. You know, you get onto campus, you see that group of guys doing, you know, amazing work for for the team, um, you know, to, just to just get onto campus and be a part of, uh, you know, that group, um, you know, pretty much, you know, pretty much getting thrown into it. Take me through that. Like, what was that like getting to see just that atmosphere right away? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, because the team, that team was just like made up of such like different people. Oh, the personalities on that team were yeah. crazy. I right. mean, I mean, you had Peter Kiss doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, and it's weird because like you take the personalities of uh, Pete and Charles, which I mean, you know, they were the two star guys on the team at that time. You couldn't probably have two more personality like type of you know in terms of personality, two completely different people. Yeah, like I mean, but. You wouldn't be able to tell that by the way that they played out there on the court because they their game actually lined up so seamlessly. But mm-hmm. um, you had them out there. You had Adam Alita, um, you know, as like kind of the three and D guy for that team. You had Hall battling through injury that year. I mean, from what I heard, he barely was able to walk half the time. So no, um, yeah, he was. Hall was messed up. Like there yeah. would be days that like he's practicing and like he's only doing a couple live, and he's like, all right, I got. It. Uh, he's he's like, screw it, I'll just play in the game. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then he had Luis too, who was uh, you know, just a, like the point forward essentially of the team mm-hmm. and was just doing great work. So, um, I mean, 
I, as a fan, getting to watch that team last year was incredible. I mean, like I, you know, I, the big kind of monkey that they needed to get off their back was Mount St. Mary's and they were able to uh, do that, you know, kind of took everything, kind of took everything in that game, you know, literally came down to the very last second with um, Chuck knocking down two, three, um, two free throw or knocking down the one free throw rather mm -hmm. um, to win the game. But yeah, just, I mean, what a team last year. And then the game right after that, Wagner was the oh craziest God. thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Oh my. That, no, like seeing a conference championship game, just how, how it insane. unfolded. Insane. How, like, because I had, I had like, I've, I've been a part of games like that where, where, where you just start beating up on a team so badly for no reason. You're just like, like, and cause, cause. I mean, they should be your equal in that. Yeah, they should be. But then I, th I thought it was going to be a repeat of the regular season championship where it was like, you know, kind of back and forth. You guys pull ahead at the end. And I thought, you know, frankly, I thought Wagner might have had the better shot because they had dealt with it before. Mm -hmm. But they just completely fell apart. Which... Completely fell apart. It was crazy to see. Like, I, I remember I was watching it and I legitimately like I think you guys got up by like 15, 20 points at one point. And, I was, and it was early. So I saw I, and I was like. I was like, this is great, but I've, but I, in my mind, I was like, I've seen these guys play it this year and like, you know, they are relentless. And I, I was like, you know, who's to say that, you know, they can't just start a comeback right now. Mm -hmm. And then once it got to 36 to six, I was like, this is actually insane. No, what like, the hell is going on right now? It's cr And what, what were you guys saying? What were you guys thinking on the bench? Like, were you guys talking about it? Like, what, what, were, were you guys like? The hell's gotten into these guys. So me and Reef, since since both of us didn't yeah. play, we're just looking at each other the whole like, time. Like, what the like, hell? I remember going on? I was sitting like I, I I used to sit in like the last seat, like right yeah. next to like the coach. So I'm at the second to last seat on the bench, and I'm just watching this game like this, just like in chill. awe. And every single time something happens, me and Reef just go like this to each other. Just <laughs> we're like, what is what going? The hell on? is happening? And it wasn't the fact that like. Like, I mean, yeah, like you, you guys, you guys were uh, physically just out, like outplaying them, but just the way in in certain way and just the way the certain shots were getting knocked down. I remember Pete's like over in the corner. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and, my, and, no. Yeah. This one? Yeah. Where he, he just, where, yeah, where, where, where he just like chucks it like off, off the one foot, like, like awkward fadeaway for the three. Um, then I remember Ty in the second half throws up the lob from half court. <laughs> From half, I'm watching this. It felt like, I, like it felt like I was watching like a YouTube mixtape. I, no, I, yeah. like, I was like, what the hell is going on right now? No, it was crazy. It felt like a Globetrotters game. And then, and then the fight happened. And oh it's my so, god! And, then, and I, I'm on the, I'm on the bench. So I, I like, so let me say this. I've, I've done this before on this show. Um, I, I've said this before on this show rather. And I remember my perspective of the fight is I, so if you remember where the fight broke out, it was on that far left side of the bleachers. Yeah. Um, I was seated kind of, I was seated kind of in the middle, more towards the right. So kind of near your bench. And I remember when it broke out, what I saw is I turn around and I see the Wagner player. I see, um, I think it was, what was the name of the guard? Number 11. I'm trying to think, uh, um, Nick Martinez. Yes. Yeah. I see Martinez. Um, getting separated and I see also Morales kind of, uh, you know, kind of moving about. And what I thought had happened at first is, um, you know, they're down big championship game. What I thought had happened is, oh, they're pissed off at each other and they're fighting each other. That was my first thought yeah. when I saw it. I was like, I was like, oh, wow. Like they're kind of like the team's falling apart over there. And then I see, I think it's Morales or Martinez start to make their way into the stands. And I'm like, 
yo, what, what is, is going, going on? on? Like, like this reminds me Malice of the Palace, like 70s Bruins. Like, what is going on here? And there was so much just like mystery as to what was going on. Um, I mean, take me through your experience of just being on the court there. No, yeah. So I I don't even remember <laughs> what my first initial <laughs> thought was. I mean, like I just remember seeing so uh did you just hear so, like a scream or something? Like what'd you hear? I just started seeing commotion out out, out the yeah. corner of my eye. I go like this. So uh so Will Martinez. Oh, Will Martinez. Yeah. Nick Martinez is someone else. Yeah. Will. Will Martinez. He played with one of my teammates at Stony Brook. Okay. So like I kind of like know him. So then I see. So I saw him get off the bench and go. I said, "Oh, I said they're bugging right now." <laughs> like, I'm like, "Yo, my man just left the bench to go like into the crowd." Dude, like they crazy. like they literally just completely forgot about the game. Oh yeah. Like it was crazy. And then and then. I mean, I think they forgot before they showed up. To be honest with and you, then, but yeah. And then getting um and then getting sent into the locker room. We're just we're all in there, like we already won. We're all laughing. We're yeah. all like just like what is going on right now? This is and insane. Like, this is crazy. But I can't and, even lie. And the I, weird I can't and the lie. weird and the weird part about the whole thing going up into it was that um I remember when the tickets went on the sale for the game, like we were lined up around the chase and like I can't believe that they did this, but they had they had this they had, the time that the tickets um went on sale was the same time that Wagner was having their walkthrough practice. Oh yeah. Oh so, I remember that. So that, as, that was done completely on purpose. <laughs> so no, I know. So as they're walking out, they're just getting booed. And in the moment, like they were kind it almost seemed like they kind of were like, you know, having fun with it. I think um it was might have been Morales and I think Will Martinez were like they, they were kind of like you know hyping up they were kind of like mm-hmm. trying to like hype up the crowd and make it louder and it seemed like they were having fun with it they understood and it seemed you know like kind of playful I mean like some of the chants weren't so playful but yeah. um it, it seemed like okay like yeah they're they're like they're professionals they're gonna be whatever with it and then when it boiled over we were like guys what happened like this is insane but um you were talking about you were um, mentioning oh no I was gonna say the fight like, yeah yeah the yeah that's I've never ever been a part of a game where the two <laughs> opposing teams fans are on the same side of bleachers. Like that's to me, that's where it all started. I you swear can't, you can't have us right on top of their fans, especially with the way we're beating their ass. I swear to God, when I saw that happen, I and you know what separated us, right? It was a single string of rope. Single, single string. I yes. was like, I, I was like, yeah, have you guys heard the chance we've been saying this year? Like, this isn't gonna end well. Oh. I mean, I also I know that um, my buddy Bill in the uh, Brian Pep band, he told me that um, the Wagner kid, the Wagner Pep band, like they like destroyed their instruments. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think they like tried to throw them at people like someone tried to throw like a trombone. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, apparently, apparently, like apparently they went up and there was a there was a trombone that was like bent in half. I, I swear, man. I swear. He's going like this, dude. I mean, it, I mean, it, it kind of seemed like WrestleMania in there. It was kind, it was kind, it was like a steel cage match over there. I like, I luckily wasn't wasn't near it, and like, but I remember I see this girl, this girl on the Wagner side. She runs down to their bench to you know where like the Powerade bottles are stuff, and she grabs the this full bottle and proceeds to throw it across the entire length of the bleachers. So I'm just like standing there watching this all unfold. And then I, out of the corner of my eye, I just see a blue Powerade bottle whiz <laughs> past my head and just explode in like on, on like some guy's chest. And I'm like, what the hell's going on what over here? Going on? And like, I, I, the thing people constantly forget about that fight is like, you know, 
terrible. You know, the, the Bryan students who are involved with it, the Wagner students who are involved with it, terrible, like honestly, bad, like terrible look for both universities, 100%. What people don't see, though, is the fact that when everyone else realized what was going on, the Bryant students, we all sat down. We, yeah. we we were like, we don't want to be a part of this. This was like, it, it got crazy quick. Yeah. It's, but like, I can't even describe what being actually a part of that, seeing it live was like. It's because that is something that, well, that you see on the internet that like, we're so, that we're so like, we're so numb to it now, seeing it on on a phone screen, but actually seeing it happen in person wow. is like it is crazy. Yeah, it, it's weird. Being, it's weird being present at some, like being somewhere and just being like, "Yeah, this is gonna go viral." Like this is this is <laughs> this, not this, this for is, all the wrong. Yeah, reasons. this yeah this is gonna be trending tonight <laughs> for not not uh, good reasons. I remember I remember literally going onto Twitter and just seeing Bryant as like as like the oh, leading yeah. thing. I was like, oh boy, ah, uh, that was that was some crazy stuff, man. I mean, yeah. I, there were like cop cars, every everything lined up outside. Like, how did you guys just like? I mean, you know, you told me you guys were in the locker room having a great time, but like, <laughs> yeah, we were. So, like, when, when you guys found out you were coming back out to play, what what was like the whole idea behind it? Was was it just like, hey, don't start anything, don't start anything? Like, yeah, like, like did like, Grasso and those guys tell you about like what to do in that I situation? Mean, yeah, I mean, the coaches, but like we told ourselves, like we already knew what 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 was going on exactly. And so, um. You were just like, just finish the game, finish off right. Like we already won. Mm -hmm. Like we already won. We did. We did what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So it was just about just finishing off right. And yeah, yeah. So I mean, you guys won the game. You got to experience Selection Sunday, which was really cool. So um, you guys got to experience that. Got to go to Wright State. Um, you know, unfortunately things didn't pan out there, but um, was still an incredible run nonetheless. One of the best runs. Um, well, it was the best run in this school's history. Um, I know coming into this year, um, you know, you getting the opportunity to play this year, um, you know, you know, we expl we kind of talked on your podcast about, um, you know, maybe some of the things that that, that this team kind of struggled with this year, kind of just not being able to maybe gel all the way. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about this season? Like, what was your, your kind of takeaways? I think you guys started off incredibly strong. I mean, being able to go into the Carrier Dome in Syracuse on in, you know, close to Thanksgiving and, you know, knock off Jim Beheim and those guys. Insane. So, like, what take me through that experience? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Where it's like at the at the beginning of the year, we we were like we we had we 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 had a different type of mojo and swag to us. Yeah, because all of us have come from higher up programs. Yeah, um, and it felt and it kind of felt like like kind of just like a super team coming in, and and you guys you know had that just mentality of like, hey. We're gonna come in. We're gonna do our thing. Yeah, and that's all that you're coming back to the America East. You know, doing your thing. Yeah, now. like that's what we all believed. Like it was like none of us should be like playing at this level. Like in terms of like on paper, in terms of like where we went to high school and all of this. Sure. So it's just it's just the way that, especially now with college, with the way that people transfer, it's yeah. just the way that the way it is sometimes that you're going to have like older teams that are stacked at the mid major. But uh, as we've seen teams like FAU go into the final four, it's insane. It's crazy now. Uh, Cause basketball is completely different. So all of us are like, we can, we can compete against all, all like all the best teams because we're some of the best players too. Absolutely. Um, but for me, what I think like derailed our season was losing to Brown at home. Uh, cause the, cause the game before that, so we had beat Cuse at, 
accuse. And then you had Framingham State. Yeah, the next game. That, that was, a, I, I think I tweeted out, I, I just go, if you're Framingham State, I would pray to God right now. Yeah, like. Like, like having a D3 immediately after that, that's just. That's, it was, it would, that was the worst thing possible for us because we played horribly that game, but still beat them by like 35. Yeah. But like we played horribly. Like we didn't, we didn't start off the game right. Like we, we weren't moving the ball well. But they're just they're just lower level, so like they're just not as yeah. But like, you, the skill was just not going to match up. It, it was going to be a W either way. So then that kind of gave us false hope because we just beat Cuse and then we just beat this other team at home. Mm-hmm. So then now we're like, all right. And then Brown, we like we play pickup against Brown during the summer and yeah. stuff all the time, and we we whoop them because it's just it's just pickup, like yeah. it's not organized basketball. Uh-huh. Um. So then as soon as and then. From like the front from the summer of just always playing against them, I guess they they just had like a really big chip on their shoulder playing us. So that yeah. when they came in and smacked us in the mouth, um, and then we're all kind of just sitting at each other looking like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, like what the hell just happened? Like, and then you have, you have these Ivy League schmucks come in here. And like, then, what's going on? And now? then after that, that's when um, that no that that was definitely when our season derailed because right after that was when um the whole thing with Kayvon happened. Oh man when, when we got to Cincinnati. I mean and that Kayvon Kayvon messed us up. I felt so bad for Kayvon this year. He had one of the toughest breaks I think I've ever seen for a player uh to go through what he went through. So what was it? Just like a really bad case of the flu? Like what happened? It was that? um yeah it, like he had the flu but it was just um he just had he had um so much mucus in his lungs yeah just from uh just from buildup of being sick mm-hmm. that um that there was so much fluid in his lungs that blood started to get into his lungs. So then, he, so then he just went into shock. Wow. Yeah. And that, then, that's um, insane. And then, and then he has the knee injury down. Uh, d- yeah, down down at UMBC. But that because I, I could at that at that moment I thought his season was over. I thought he tore his ACL. I, yeah. I saw it on I saw it on video. I was like and like, uh, I remember I was working the women's game because you know when you guys are away the women are home playing. And I'm, you know, working the game on camera, you know, because as you've seen me and I think it was Nick, uh, it was either Nick or Max and they walk over and, and they ended up saying like cave on destroys ACL. I was like, what? And they were and they, they were like, yeah, look at the video. I was like, oh, my God. And to see him come back and be out there was incredible. I was like, yeah. it was a miracle to see him back out there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, you know, obviously season this year, you know, you guys, you guys ended up um, going home against UNH, but. Um, you have a lot of returning players for this next season, which, um, you know, in this age of college basketball is rare, not just with it being the fact that one and dones are the thing, but, um, you know, like you said, the transfer portal guys leave left and right. So um, you guys have a lot of returning players coming back next year. It looks like you have a good transfer class on the way. So, uh, you know, take me through some of the expectations for you for next year. I know you had mentioned, uh, you know, because you guys have actually worked together now, you kind of know your guys' limits a little bit more and probably will, you know, work to push each other more. Yeah. Off season. Definitely. We, we also were a little too nice to each other last year. Okay. Uh, we're all, we're, you all like each other. Like we're all really close. Yeah. Like super close. Like all, all we do is hang out with each other. And like, we've all like, especially like me, reef and Earl, we've all known each other for like the longest amount of time. So now that we've incorporated like everybody else in the team and like we're all like a really big group mm-hmm. we were kind of scared to like say something to somebody because of how the how they might react sure um so 
days where we just didn't have that good of a practice instead of instead of like halfway through that practice like really bringing bringing each other in and be like yo come on like like let's get this thing together yeah we would just let that day kind of happen and it's it's hard to win a championship extremely and, and, and even though at like, any level it's like, difficult, we finished sixth, which looks bad. But but you guys, but you know, we were tied for fourth. Yeah, and, and you guys were you guys were like the third team at one point. It was just the humane game and whatnot, kind of just like seating wise. Like frankly, like the America East in any conference, like it, it as long as you get there, you have a shot. Yeah, like it doesn't matter the seating. Like I mean, the number one seed is the coveted thing. People like it because you know you're guaranteed you know um, home field advantage or home court advantage throughout the entire playoff, but you know, if you don't take care of business, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So it does not matter. Um, you know, you guys were you guys, you know, as the six seed can make a run. That's something that's possible and is on the table. So as long as you get there, you know, I think that a team like you guys, you always have a shot. You guys can always make a bid um in that. I think that you guys could easily um, you know, take the America East next year. I think that Definitely. you guys I think that you guys have the squad to do it. I mean, you proved it against Vermont. You were able to match up against them. You know, I think the final score is you like they only ended up winning by like what like four points yeah so i mean if i if i had i had a three at the end of the game to either tie it or like go up by one with like with like less than two minutes to go okay like we we had so yeah you guys have opportunities and i think you know you guys yeah you guys can play with those guys Mm -hmm. you guys can play with those guys so it's just a matter of getting that out of you guys and i think that um you know really good things could come next year so um for you, what are what are some expectations and some goals that you have for yourself personally next year? Just be more confident. Like, yeah, like like what we were talking about when I when like when it was when it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was that was right before I went to Bucknell. That was after I had had like my first like bad year of college. Mm-hmm. I was still like being able to compete against some of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of my a lot of my struggles. It's all mental. Mm-hmm. It's all like if I just tell myself I can't do it, like I'm not even gonna try. But if I just go out there and play, who knows what plays I can make because of how because of how talented I am. Absolutely. And that's the and and that's the belief that I have to have in myself. Um, but it's it's gonna be difficult because it's always you know your your coaches always do have power and control over how much you can play but i can't think about that aspect of it i have to just think about you just it just got to do your job of, yeah like i got to be i'm going to play my game and i'm going to be a and i'm going to be good at my game and however long i'm in the game for is however long i'm in the game for absolutely so, like you can't you can't you can't please your coaches because they're just going to use you for how they best see you when they're, they might put you in a position that's not why you got to this level. Like just because I'm good at like kind of like a lot of things doesn't mean that one of the things that I'm like not that good at, you can just force me to do throughout like a whole game. So, all right. Well, Miles, I know you got to run to practice really soon. Yeah. Um, uh, before you go, so just what what do you got going on with the hand right now? Um, what's the what's the timetable on that? So in my podcast, I had a cast on. Yeah, uh, uh, I just got this off on Wednesday. So like three weeks of um, just like stretching and stuff. And what is it again for the people that haven't um, seen your show yet? Uh, it's a it's a torn ligament in my thumb and my middle finger. Okay. So um, like learning from like the hand specialist and stuff. So like when I try to ex- fully extend my finger when it's up like this, yeah, I can just feel a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. But it's tension caused from this knuckle. 
okay. that's like causing excess strain. So if you keep your knuckle relaxed and it's, and then from here, you can now straighten your finger out and it's just like all the huh. types of exercises that you can do to like fully regain like full mobility and strength. So that's for like the next three weeks. And then that's when I can get into like grip strength training for three more weeks. So like six weeks until I'm like fully, fully back. Good stuff. All right. Well, Miles, we are officially down to the wire. So we're going to wrap up this episode and uh, send you guys on your way. Uh, Miles Latimer, uh, men, me, member of the Bryant men's basketball team. Thank you again for stopping in. Really do appreciate it. So oh, thank you, man. I really do appreciate you. You're one of my <laughs> one of my favorite people here. Absolutely, definitely. man. And um, I definitely want to have you on for another one of my podcasts. Please, hundred percent, dude. I mean, I'd love to have you back on this show too to talk some ball, talk whatever you want. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah. I could talk about some other sports, you know. So yeah, I, since I was telling you like F one and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I meant to. I meant to discuss that. You're a big cars guy. We'll uh. We'll save that for another episode. I know that's something that that was something we kind of teased on your own show. So yeah. uh, Miles is really into cars, Formula One, um, all that stuff. If you want to hear him talk about that, because uh, you know a lot, um, you know a lot about cars and all that stuff, which was very surprising to me. I did yeah. not know that uh, was an interest of yours. But uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, tune into Miles's podcast. Um, it's not up yet, but do you? Um, it's the Collective Mindset Podcast. Uh, Collective Mindset. Um, just to get it right, um, it's going to be on what Spotify. Uh, MG and I are, are are still deciding with the with the first podcast being like not that good of like video. Sure, we might put the first one on on Spotify, but okay. But we're definitely going to try to do Spotify and uh, and. Uh, YouTube and uh, YouTube so we can have a video along with it as well. Nice. All so. right. Um, If you want to, is there a way that people can maybe get updates on that? Maybe your Instagram? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. My Instagram is miles.latimer. I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep on posting updates, um, different questionnaires and things like that. Just keep the, uh, keep the ball rolling for the podcast. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, if you're not following down to the wire at this point, uh, make sure you guys go follow us on Spotify, on Apple podcast, Google podcast, wherever you guys get your, uh, uh, streaming. Uh, we're also available on YouTube and you can get any updates on our Instagram page at down dot to the wire again at down dot to the wire on the IG. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Um, you've been listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2, Smithville, Providence. I'm Brian Costa. I'm Miles Latimer. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take care and peace out. WJMF Radio.